I'm so glad that we're doing this. Like Me four too. years. This has been four years in the making, Shay. We're very excited yeah. to have you. I'm very, very excited to be here. I'm here anytime you guys want me. I have all the opinions. I'm Sicilian, <laughs> so I got all the things to say. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special guest episode of Movie Mumble. Special. You don't get to. No, you don't get to. No, it has to happen. Say it, motherfucker. Say it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but who does the guest? That's Zeke, right? Oh, okay. (laughs) I've never done this. I've never done this before. All right. Welcome to a special guest episode. Special guest there we go <laughs> movie mumble your monthly movie exploration and discussion podcast our typical episodes involve the four of us taking turns picking a film watching it together and then talking about it but because the whole point of the podcast is that we get more out of the things we love when we share them with people we also love we like to bring special guests on when we have the opportunity well so i say i guess maybe our track record doesn't support that it's been a long time <laughs> but we do we do love it and today uh I'm joined, as always, by my fellow poor role models, Joel Lewis. Hello. Tim Gerard. Hello. And Zeke Perez. Hello. But none of us are important. The person who's important today is, of course, our special guest, Treasure Goblin and patron saint of NTG merchandise, Shay Roof. Hi. Yay. Hi, You're here. Finally. <laughs> we finally got you on the podcast. We've been I'm talking about here, it yeah. for ages. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, so we're very excited to have you, too. Um, in keeping with our, can I call it a theme? We've only had three people. Theme of special guests. Um, <laughs> our, our guest picks the film, of course. And Shay brought us Role Models, the 2008 Paul Rudd comedy. Uh, Shay, do you want to introduce the film a little bit, what it's about, and then also how you first discovered it and why you chose to bring it to the podcast? Uh, yeah, absolutely, 100%. So uh, for those of you who have not, who, hmm, please stand by. We're having technical difficulties with my brain. Um, <laughs> we'll fix it in post. Who... We do typically spoil everything we talk about, by the way, so don't, okay, don't worry good. about that. That's good. Uh, so for anyone who hasn't seen it, Role Models is about two adult men who inadvertently screw up their life and end up having to be role models to these two younger counterparts one is 10 the other is clearly a 16 year old boy and it is a wonderful film of self-discovery nerdism and crap what am i doing with my life uh and i chose it because not only do i love paul rudd and uh i am a nerd myself but the film resonates with me so closely because i discovered it I feel like a year after it came out, like I did not see this in theaters. Um, I had a friend who was like, let's watch this movie. And I was like, sure. I love nerd things. And then I promptly cried at the ending and have continued to cry at the ending for the rest of my adult life, which I did yesterday. I can't believe I'm admitting that. It always just gets me. I love happy endings. (laughs) So, uh, and I picked it because it's a great film. Uh, it's kind of my go-to watch film, especially before like con season or if I'm feeling down, or if I'm just lost and need a good laugh, it's got Jane Lynch, Paul Rudd, like an all-star cast, and also Augie. You know, the character Augie was me as a teenager, minus the LARPing. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Um, do the rest of us usual hosts want to go around and just mention 
what history, if any, we have with Shay's film. I'd never seen it before. All the way you, through. I, I saw bits and pieces. Like I saw like they had it on TBS and I saw maybe the ending or something. Like sure. very intermittent. I've never seen it at all. And actually the first thing I thought of was the chocolate wasted bit from Grown Ups, which I've also <laughs> never seen. It was just part of the trailer that stuck with me and was not even I'm the right movie. So <laughs> Yeah, same here, kind of. It was uh, one where, like, snippets of it stuck out to me. So the the coffee shop scene where they're arguing over venti versus large, like, that's one that's in my brain. I've seen that clip a bunch. Um, and I think I've seen other snippets of the movies, bits and pieces when it's on TV. But I think this is the first time I've sat down and watched it all. So Yeah, I've, I've seen it before, and I, I love it. I mean, I was surprised I didn't own it. I actually assumed this whole time that, like, I just had it on DVD, and then I was going to watch it and I didn't decide so to like scramble and luckily it was on Peacock and I was like, Oh, okay. Like, like, why don't I own this? Like I've seen it a few times and it's like, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge Paul Rudd fan. It's one of, you know, definitely one of my top three, maybe of his, I don't know, maybe, maybe top five. I, I can definitely think of two others that I love him in. So, I mean, it's at least top three. Plus it has Stifler in it. Like, you know, and it's that perfect sort of yeah. like, a graduation from like American pie. It's that similar type of thing where it's like that raunchy kind of comedy, but it's, mm-hmm. yeah, but it's with grown ups. you know, it's like, like I, I liked American pie. Cause it's like, Oh yeah, that's kind of what I was like when I was in high school. Not really, but kind of, whereas this is just like, you know, yeah, I, I definitely was Paul Rudd, you know, probably around the time I saw this where I was just like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? And, you know, like, <laughs> I, I, there was a period of time where I refused to order Starbucks drinks by like tall grande vente. And I'd be like, no, I'm a large, you know, that was, that was me. I was like, okay, I got it. I'm a dick. Got it. <laughs> now, you're, now you're dumb in three languages. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I still 50 50 the drinks, honestly, based on how many brain cells I've got when I'm in the store. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. if it's coffee number two, it's tall, grande, vente. But if it's coffee number one, it's, you know, small, medium, large, or Unleaded. like PlayStation one, two, and three. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unleaded <Yeah>. diesel super, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I but, personally prefer the Trentas. So, you know, 30 <laughs> ounces of anything is just a good idea. <laughs> so, Tim, you watched it through Peacock. Did the rest of us watch it through Shay's Amazon? I actually just rented it, um, like, apparently while the Facebook conversation was going on, okay. actually, oh, no. from the timestamps, but so also you, through Amazon, yeah. Did you watch the uncut version then, Scott? Unrated, yeah. Mm-hmm. What about, Tim, <laughs> was yours regular? Oh, it might have been regular. Oh, damn. Okay, so that's gonna, oh, that's no. gonna be an interesting distinction. No, I'm 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 interested to see where the differences were. Well, since uh, Zeke Joel and I have never seen it, we don't really have any frame of reference, I guess. So the real I can tell. Is, I can well, tell a few things that needed well, to be edited out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> one of my favorite scenes. <laughs> okay, which is your favorite scene? Oh, Shay! Look at Shay. Shay's bucking the system. We're doing yeah. uh, favorite scenes first rather than first impressions. Okay. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, we, we can we can get to that later. Okay. Shay comes in and commands. I think we needed a leader. Oh, I would need you. To but other than that, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just kidding, Scott. We love you. No, no, all good. Yeah. Why don't, oh, we, why don't we go more in depth for first impressions? You mentioned Shay that it really resonated with you the first time you saw it. But do you want to talk more about that or about the details? Details? Uh it it did. Um so I I saw the film forever ago and I've just continued to watch it and grow with it. I think everyone at 
at some point in their life is kind of every character, especially like as we get older. I definitely feel like I'm Paul Rudd's character right now where I'm like, what am I doing with my life? Minus minus the dick part, maybe. <laughs> uh, depending on who you talk to during what period of interaction I've had with them. Um, but I definitely have that going on now. Um, previously, I've definitely felt like Augie where I'm like, oh, I don't fit in anywhere. What's going on? I need to find my click. Uh, and I was definitely him in high school where I was just super nerdy. Uh, I was lucky enough to get a little group of friends where we were just anime nerds <laughs> before being an anime nerd was cool. <laughs> Everyone's doing it. <laughs> so that was really traumatizing. And then being into comics and uh, I never did get into LARPing, but, you know, regardless, I think everyone can kind of resonate with that outcast feeling of where's my people. I like different things. I'll have to go outside of my comfort zone to find them. But the one line that always gets me and it still chokes me up to this day is uh, his character when he's standing there and Paul Red's like, why do you even do this? This is stupid. And he's like, because I don't I don't have to be me for a little bit. You know, and that's always really stuck with me because I'm like, I would love to take a break from being me, uh, especially as someone with a disability to just step outside of that little zone and be a different person for a while where no one knows about it or you don't have to think about it and or being a nerd or being fill in the blank, you know, so I feel like that line had just made the, it sold the movie for me from the first time I saw it. I was like, this is my movie now. <laughs> this is mine this is me um but yeah i mean we've all been every character uh, my first impression of the film was it was i i don't think i've ever laughed that hard while watching a movie before and so it was just hilariously well timed there are a couple things i don't care about the film it definitely has some some language that i'm not particularly fond of but it's still a good film it's a great timepiece. it really speaks to how certain people you know, we all grew up living these things. And, and yeah, it's just overall one of my favorite movies. <laughs> so I'm glad everyone, a couple of you got to experience it for the first time. Um, and I hope you liked it as much as I did. And if not, that's okay. We all have different tastes, you know? That's great. Yeah, thank you. Um, thank you. Do any one of the other three of you want to start off the usual crew version? <laughs> I can go. Oh, yes. I can jump in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've got competition. <laughs> oh, man. Rock, Quick, paper, get your scissors. Foam to well, no, Tim should probably go first. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah I was going to go first only because I, yeah, cause I've seen it before. So it, it, it's definitely one of those, um, you know, I, get, I, I can't really remember my first impression with it because it was so long ago. But it was like, I remember just being like, oh, yeah, this is up there with like, yeah, like I said, your American Pies, your Super Bads, your Hangovers, like those type of like the buddy comedies, you know, but like, but I liked how it's not like a buddy comedy where it's like most of the time things go well and then things start to go wrong. It's like things go wrong from the get go. And I thought, you know, and that was great. Um, I also love the pairing of the two of them and how, like, I think also for me, it was, a, it was a way to kind of retcon Stifler. Cause I feel like in American pie three, like he just became like a caricature. Like he went, you know, they went full Urkel with him. Whereas with this is like, okay, no, this is how Stifler would have been when he grew up, like not becoming this like more and more awkward person. Like I feel like he's this, this guy obsessed with sex, but he kind of grew into that and kind of got control over, over it. And like, you know, it, it works for him now. He's not just this kind of like 
goober like they made him in the first, the third American Pie. Um, yeah. So yeah, and it was you know I, I don't I don't know that I could see him as anyone else other than Stifler. I feel like I don't know if that that movie kind of ruined that actor for me, but um, I wouldn't say ruined because I mean I think he's a great character. I, I, I loved him. He was one of my favorite parts of American Pie. So anyway, so to see him like paired with Paul Rudd and like, you know, I, I what I've always said, like, this is a perfect use of Paul Rudd where he can play this normal guy who can do these kind of weird, exaggerated, funny things that aren't really, it's like the character isn't trying to be funny, but he still is funny. And that's like my favorite thing about Paul Rudd is that, you know, when he's playing something normal, but it's still hilarious. And it's not like, you know, it's not like this sort of forced kind of comedy. He's just kind of being him and, and he'll have like a subtle, you know, uh, expression change and it'll just make it. So, so this was great, but it was also great to see him in this type of role. Cause I feel like usually he, he is the nice guy, you know, he's the, you know, um, like for, for example, probably my favorite role that he's in is in I love you, man. And, and he's just this sort of like nice, awkward guy, you know, never really had any male friends. So, so to see this kind of, and it was also a breath of fresh air after watching mute, you know, a few weeks ago <laughs> and seeing Paul Rudd be a complete asshole and, you know, to the point of being a murderer, which it was, it was cool to see him in that role, but it was nice to come back to, Oh, my friend, Paul Rudd, not like, Oh, that guy's an asshole. Like, Original like recipe, movie, Rudd. <laughs> yeah. Like in this one, he's, he's a dick, but it's like an endearing dick. He's an, he's a person, you know, the, the other one, he was, he was just a monster, you know? So, yeah. So, I mean, I, I loved it. And like, you know, as I said before, I was definitely, I think in a similar place, probably the first time I saw it where it was just like, you know, like everything around me was pissing me off and, you know, that, that type of thing and kind of seeing him go through that journey. Um, also like, you know, there, there were definitely times where I was like, you know, I, I could have seen myself when I was younger getting into LARPing. Um, and I think the only reason I didn't is because I didn't know enough other people who also would have been into that. And I, I don't want to go I don't want to go do that with strangers. Like that's the thing with a lot of stuff like that is I feel like a lot of people will get into a thing and then they'll find their group of people through this thing they're interested in. And I've done that with a few other things and I, I usually end up hating it because it's just like, I, I don't want to like, I don't want to hang out with a bunch of people who just have one thing in common with me. And like, I, I, I don't like them for every other thing, you know? So it's, it's just kind of weird. I don't know that I would have enjoyed LARPing with a bunch of, strangers and i mean i guess they would have become my friends and family um but also i feel like when i'm in situations of something like that where i'm interested in something i end up being surrounded by people who are taking it way more seriously than me and then i'm like okay this sucks i hate this you know <laughs> yeah so what do you say there's but there's that desire there like to to want to like just sort of live out this sort of like nerdy kind of um you know uh yeah this nerdy kind of fantasy you know and um you know that that part of it looks really fun um i think that's part of it though is like you know and and this this has happened with a lot of things lately that i've been interested in is like i don't yeah i don't want to go to a crowd of strangers to do this thing i want to do it's like i want to do it with the people i'm already friends with and like i said i think that was the the thing is that um not many other people i know would want to do larping um and, and that's fine now i'm at the point too where i'm like okay uh, I'm too out of shape. I'd be winded in like five minutes and it wouldn't be fun. So that's fine. I'm too old. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but,
but yeah, and uh, another another thing I want to bring up that I loved about this film too, and this is this has sort of been a thing with me with with a lot of other stuff is when you know you have these sort of like cast that will be carried through from like film to film and you get to see a bunch of the same actors together. And I love that, that this was, I, and I forgot to look and see if it was the same uh, director as wet hot American summer, but like with wet hot American summer, like that had a bunch of the cast of uh, the state in it. And it was, so it's, it's like now part of this lineage of like the state wet hot American summer uh, role models, uh, even, you know, to a degree, to another degree party down was kind of in that too. I, I wonder if that's how Jane Lynch came into it, you know, and Ken Marino. like with Ken Marino and yeah. And, and party <clears throat> down, you know, that group of people, uh, they swapped out Adam Scott for Paul Rudd, you yeah. know, that, that similar you type do. of role. <laughs> yeah. You do. But, but yeah, I just, I love, yeah, but it was, it was great to see all those same people together. Cause you see like, you know, yeah. Ken Marino and Joel, Trulio and and, uh, and Paul Rudd and um, um, Elizabeth Banks in Wet Hot American Summer, and now it's like those people like transported into this new universe, and they're different people, but they're still the same people, kind of somehow, you know. And especially with like Paul Rudd and uh, uh, Elizabeth Banks, because like you know their characters are cl- completely ridiculous in in Wet Hot American Summer, but they're still kind of like an item in that movie. And now it's like, is that them grown up? Is that is this the same timeline? Like, is this the same reality? So I like to pretend that sometimes. So, so that was really fun for me. And I think, um, yeah, like the little mandolin player at the end, I think he's even the guitarist who was in Wet Hot American Summer, just like walking around playing guitar the whole time, has no speaking lines. He's just there to play guitar. Like he showed up in this too. Um, so it's great. I love that. Also the song that, yeah, that song, uh, Beth was also used in Wet Hot American Summer because Janine Garofalo's character's name was Beth. And so it's like, okay, we're, we're using the same song again. It's just like, I, I, I love seeing that that connective tissue. Beth, can I shove into all of the films I make for the rest of my career? Right, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's 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 like it's like with Sam Raimi in that that car. I forget what yep. that car is, but it's in all of his films yep. except for the western. You know, it's like Ash's okay, car. Beth, yeah, Beth has to be in everything. <laughs> so, so yeah, so that's that's me in this film. <laughs> I like it. Very nice. Yeah, Zeke. What about you? What was your first impressions? Yeah, first um, uh, complete picture impressions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of similar stuff there with Tim um, as far as the cast goes. Uh, as you all know, I'm a sucker for a cast. So it was fun to see this one, kind of an older one, like Joe, Joe Latrulio. I know from Brooklyn Nine-Nine now, so it's cool to go back and be like, oh, Boyle's in this. Mm-hmm. Um, Elizabeth Banks is in this. Uh, Shane Lynch, just all the people you named, right? Like Louis C.K. has a part. Keegan-Michael Key's in there. Um, just so many people. It's just a fun one. I feel like there are a chunk of comedies uh in that era and even now where it's just lots of people come together, um, people that you love from other things that make you laugh. So it's great to see them all in one place. Um, and this is one of those for me. So I think having the cast there was a great first impression. Um, one thing about the cast though, that I did want to talk about was like the Sean William Scott. And like, I feel like he had his era, right. And I think this one was kind of on the back end, maybe this and goon, which came out later, but he had, uh, American Pie, and he had um, Dude, Where's My Car, and oh, shit, Final Destination, and just a, a bunch of movies in, like, the early 2000s, where it was just all of him, and I think some were hits for me, some were misses, you know, I don't know that I'm the biggest fan of his, but I don't know that I hate him either, it kind of depends on the role, and who he's playing, and how he plays it, um, so that was interesting to revisit, too, just to go back and dig into that Sean William Scott era and be like, Oh, did I hate him or not? Um, I don't know. Yeah. He, he's an interesting, and he kind of tends to play the same kinds of characters 
um, kind of plays dicks. And so again, Paul Rudd being in here and not playing a dick reminded me of, of other Paul Rudd movies where it's like Paul Rudd and then either an awkward guy or a dick and Paul Rudd's the nice guy. So definitely a formula. Um, I think another thing I thought a lot about, I think I thought, um, was just, again, that era of comedy movies in the 2000s, uh, kind of a lot of the same humor, right? And again, hits or misses depending on the movie. Um, I think the unrated cut was a big thing for the early 2000s, right? And when you could have a cut of the movie that came out on DVD that was unrated, uh, I don't know. That was definitely a way to market a movie or a way to shoot a movie. Um, so I am interested to get into that conversation about what was in the uncut version and what wasn't and how unrated versions are. I just don't think that comedy movies really do that anymore, not in the same way that they used to do where they would seek out to make that specific cut of it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, overall first impressions, uh, love the humor, um, you know, very heartwarming at the end, which was great too. I think that was another era of comedy movies in the two thousands is where you've had, you would have a kid who would just cuss a lot and just be <laughs> raunchy and say a lot of bad shit. And yeah. <laughs> I, I enjoyed that here too. I enjoyed getting to watch, um, watch the kid just talk his shit. That was great. So, um, overall great first impressions. Glad I got to see it the first, the full way through, um, this time and excited to talk about it. Joel, are you, are you waiting to go last on purpose here or no, I, I, was expected to go after Tim, so you you threw oh. me a curveball. <laughs> I, no, we just had wow. a so I wanted to bring him in. But yeah, go now for it. Now we know the favorite. <laughs> now we know the absolutely Zeke is the favorite. Well, now you're here, Shay. So now we've got to shuffle things along. I mean, that's true. <laughs> we do it's adopt special guests. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's just some damn variety. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Um, it's definitely of its era. Um, I forgot Stifler was in it, and I always I always think of him as Stifler because that's who he is to me, and he plays a, it really earnestly. And that character, it's interesting that 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 character doesn't have an arc; he's just happy. Yeah. In another in another movie, he'd be trying to sleep with the mom, and Ronnie would find out, and it'd be this whole other thing that would add like another thirty forty five minutes. It's like really really moves pretty quickly too. I I, I think we're We've gotten away from like the 80 minute comedy, which I think is kind of a travesty because this, even with the unrated stuff in it, it's like, it still moved really well. Um, I think I remember like seeing ads for it and like the bits and pieces I saw, it was LARPing was the one thing where I was like, oh, good. Someone like God love McLovin for being nerdier than I was. And I could point, it's like, well, at least I'm not that guy. So I, it, I, when, when the concept was introduced to me, that's how I thought of it was not oh cool there's a representation of larping as as like this cool nerdy thing. i mean they don't call it cool but it it, it has an arc and is is redeemed as, as cool as this cool place but when i was watching it as a nerd from the outside I was like oh i can't i can't even look at that as the thing i want to do because that's so far into that i had that same feeling with like yeah. D. now all i want to do is play in D D. i haven't quite come around to the larping thing because it involves sunscreen and uh running around the closest i'll get is ren fair i'll dress up i'll wear the sword i'm not hitting anybody with it though i'm not going boil with it um, uh yeah it's it was really interesting i i mean it's 2008 when it came out so things date well or don't date well 
there's a lot of misogyny in it. Um, though the, the the whole boob related scene is great. Like I, I love him teaching Ronnie about boobs, but I don't know that that's appropriate. <laughs> I don't know. They really treat Ronnie as an adult, which I think might be a perpetuation of us continuing to treat black men in America older than they are. So I don't know how I feel about that. He's fucking hilarious. I love that kid. He's also in Fred Claus and he's outstanding in Fred Claus. Um, so I like it, it's one of those like I enjoyed watching it. I was watching it from 2020. So that that definitely put a lens on it. It's like, oh, you shouldn't say that. I, I love the fact. Did I say 2020? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it, feels it still like feels it. like yeah. It, we're in extra it's innings, insane. man. We, we yeah. we're in overtime. <laughs> Nobody's won yeah. yet. That's the thing. We're still in the sudden game. Sudden death overtime. Oh, but we've God. all lost. Nobody's won, but we've all lost. Tim no sudden death yeah. overtime. Can we just that's a, that's a pretty specific sports reference. Yeah. I like hockey. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's the most um, exciting sport to watch, in my opinion. <laughs> We'll, 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 we'll talk later. <laughs> Lacrosse <laughs> is just is just hockey up in the air. I mean, field <laughs> hockey. That's that's also a thing. Anyway, <laughs> back to first impressions. No, I, I enjoyed it. I, it was a really fun watch. It, it made me laugh more than I expected from a comedy from this era that I hadn't seen. It didn't have any nostalgia attached to. I, I think it's really. I thought it was really clever. There's a lot of jokes that you heard a lot. I don't know if 2008 the Starbucks joke had been played out to the level that it is now. I feel like that joke was old in 2008. But the way they wrote it was they they did that joke, the venti large joke. But then they tagged on these like really clever additions to it. It was it was a great kind of like and one type comedy writing that I was really impressed with cuz he does that venti thing and it's like no, we call it venti here. And then Paul Rudd says one of my favorite lines. He says, "Really? Who says Fellini?" And he gets dragged over. It's just like you're bringing Fellini into this discussion. Why? Why does that have to do with? I don't know. I thought it was really funny. So it was one of those things where it's like whenever there was a joke that I started to roll my eyes at, by the end and the tag that they chose, I was surprised and I thought it was really funny and clever. So it, it's a testament to the writing, even though they're putting the Beth song in it multiple times and using the same pool of people. Like I, I think it really has kind of a refreshing joke structure to it which i i was really surprised to see so it, yeah i i enjoyed it quite a bit yeah i, I don't hey. have a whole lot to to add to what everyone said i woodsy said about that sort of formulaic 2000s you know there's so there's so many of those and none of them are necessarily bad but they have to stand out to the individual in some way right so most of them become put on the pile right and then which would stand out are going to be different for each person, right? Um, I Love You Man really jumps out for me as one of my favorites from that era, right? But this started off as a put on the pile, but the more the film went, the more, the better it got. Until at the end, I was turning over like every 10 seconds to Sarah with the biggest grin on my face. <laughs> this is great. That was great. Ooh, this is great. I love this movie. This is a great movie. Poor Sarah's sitting there trying to do her homework. She's just like, yeah, it's great. I'm surprised you haven't Sarah. seen it before. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it absolutely won me over. Um, and it feels like what you were saying, Joel, about the the add-on to the joke, right? Mm-hmm. You get the basic joke and go, okay, sure, you know, standard standard joke for the time. But it would just keep going. The whole film felt like that. 
Like yeah. it started off as like, oh yeah, okay, this is another one of these movies. Oh, oh, there's a little more. Oh, there's a little more. Oh, there's a little more. It just kept going and going until at the end you wouldn't even recognize it. And it was just absolutely phenomenal. I, you know, grinning enough, my face hurt. It was great. It, it's, I think it's the most favorable I've ever felt towards Kiss, too. Right? This is the coolest <laughs> Kiss has ever been. I wrote yeah. that down. It's out to it. Like, when it with this, I was the reason like, it works loves Kiss. is because the, uh, I can't even know his name, the character who's not Paul Rudd, right? Wheeler? It's, I think he goes by Wheeler. Wheeler yes. yeah. It's because he loves Kiss, and then he explains why he loves Kiss in an a sincere and, and straightforward way to the kid and it just works it's like i get it i see why you like this i get the appeal they they, they dovetail <laughs> it into the larping thing really beautifully it, it just works so well yeah the, the redemption of kiss may be this movie's greatest claim to fame is is i seriously like when when it, they're talking about kiss and he's so adamant it's like Nobody loves Kiss. This is this is totally <laughs> fictional. I am totally out of the movie right now. And then it comes back. He's got the pinball machine. He's telling the kid that's great. When it comes back at the end, like I saw it coming. Like it, it's not 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 obvious. Like it, it, they telegraph it pretty well. But when they're like, "Oh, what should we be?" I'm like, "They're gonna be Kiss. They're gonna be fucking Kiss." And they do, and it's outstanding. Like it's so cool. <laughs> and I like that Augie chooses Peter Chris. Peter Chris doesn't want to be Peter Chris. <laughs> and me the cat <laughs> i love that too like i never really realized that like they were actually characters in kiss i thought it was yeah. just makeup whatever and then when they kind of go through that like oh the spaceman the star child the <laughs> demon the cat and i'm like what the fuck <laughs> that's how everybody felt when they first showed up like cat why we've got sex it's demon with the project uh, the prosthetic <laughs> Spitting yeah. blood, and we've got little dude behind the drums playing <laughs> with the cat makeup. Outstanding. <laughs> Shay, what was your what's your favorite part of the movie? Is that is it that line, or is it something? Oh man, no! I, I think my absolute favorite part of the movie is literally the end battle. Right, like they're all into it. Uh, Wheeler has this wonderful death scene with uh, Danny, Paul Rudd's character, and he's like, we were friends this whole time, and Danny's like, nah, we weren't, though. <laughs> he's like, nah, we were. He's like, alright, we were. And the overacting on the death scenes is just so phenomenal, because, like, as a theater kid, who has not dreamed of having the most epic death scene ever? Um, and just, it's fantastic and then of course you know augie's like oh i won and this crush kills him and it's like just <laughs> kidding you didn't so i don't know the music is fantastic the acting the choreography who doesn't want to be in like a rush larp style battle after that you know i was pumped i was like yeah let's get some foam swords <laughs> we're gonna do this we're gonna get a group of friends and we're just gonna rush at each other uh, which sounded like a great idea until I really thought about it. And I went, just kidding. <laughs> Good, though. But it, it was just so fantastic and a great um, denouement to the whole thing. And I really just love that thing. And then, of course, the ending always gets me because Augie gets the girl and Beth gets back together. And, you know, every, happy endings for everyone. Or is it? Or is it? <laughs> it is. By the way, Kiss Center is curious, one hundred percent. The happiest ending for Martin and, and uh, Jane Lynch's character. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, that oh. is that. That's in the the uh, the regular version, right? Is the yeah. 
Okay. Bagel dogs. <laughs> I yeah. Think so. yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> of all the in all the history of film metaphors, <laughs> you know, the train in the tunnel, the whole deal, that that's gotta go up there, right? In the museum bit, right? Yeah. Right there. Yeah. Right at the end. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. I, I for me the ending is also definitely a hair part, right? And I said how the whole film just kept got better and better and better as it went on, and then the ending was just the best. But but in the interest of, of staying away from all the same things Shay just said, my favorite not single piece. I just I loved the Wings song running gag. <laughs> that was oh phenomenal. And then at the end when it plays over the credits, that is the cherry on top. That was just <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> I love, like, I believed Paul Rudd. Like, no, that's not that's not a song that doesn't exist. No, I'm yeah. pretty sure it is. And that's the thing, like, you're you're kind of like questioning it the whole time because Wings Wings is popular, but it's no, it's not the Beatles, right? Like, yeah. it, it's obviously like yeah. that sounds like it might be a McCartney esque song, but yeah, it, everyone not has a sure. couple of songs, right? But everyone has a gap of of Wings yeah. in their knowledge. Yeah, so it leaves <laughs> enough room for you to go. Yeah, that that could be. I don't know. <laughs> It was just done perfectly. And it was, they didn't beat it to death either over yeah. the course of the film. It only comes up yeah. two or three times, but that just makes it better because every time it comes up, you've been lulled into a false sense of security and you're not expecting it again. It's also great that everybody who joins in, like, is, like, is it Martin, who's the, the, the role model yeah. who's, who's saying that is the weird kind of awkward yeah. dude? Like, the the guy who, who yes ands him is also unreliable as a narrator. So it's like I don't believe this guy either. <laughs> like, yeah, it's great. yeah, exactly. And then I I I had to Google it because I couldn't not know. So I, even better, it's not a real song at all. Paul Rudd's right. They wrote it just for the song and got a Paul McCartney sound alike to record the end. That's crazy. Just oh my god, like, that's it. Throw the, throw the audience for an extra loop because it sounds so much like wings. It's crazy. Right. You get to the end and you go, well, that sounds a hell of a lot like Paul McCartney. I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, you just know somewhere someone has had that argument about, oh yeah, the fake wind song and role models. What do you mean fake? You can hear the plane at the end. That's Paul McCartney, you know? I, I have just earned so much more respect for that movie for that joke alone because I, I, I totally bought it. I bought yeah. it. I thought it was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was on Paul Rudd's side until I heard it with the credits. And then I was like, okay, I have to look this up now because that's, <laughs> that's too close. It's too much. There's I, no I, way. There's no joke. way. Yeah. yeah, so that's brilliant. That'll, I'll use that as my favorite bit. <laughs> yeah. Acceptable. Well, what about you, Zeke? Um, Wait, no, I'm a... sorry. If I'm going in reverse order, Joel's next. I <laughs> is that what we're, we're doing? Yeah, a, a snake trip. Yeah, backwards from first uh, from first impressions. Yeah, every second Jane Lynch is on fucking camera in this movie. Yes, one hundred percent agree. The the very first interaction where she she th- there's a little editing in that. I I feel like the first sequence it it goes really non sequitur and weird, and it's it's great. Like I don't know what the fuck is going on, but it's great. And Jane is just yes ending everything. And the fuck it her promo for her like her her I've gotten clean so I want to give back. Amazing. Like enter that in films, like film festivals, like or carnivals. Like it's outstanding. The timing is there. She's the perfect person. Perfect example of the really awkward like video people make that they're proud of, but is still poorly made, right? Yes. Yes. 
It reminds me of that Portlandia oh, sketch man. where yes. they're they're trying to go fund me her music video, <laughs> and it's just like super awkward. And they're like really, and her dad finally just funds the whole thing. It's like, hey, call your mom. <laughs> like I seriously, this is such a great role for Jane Lynch, and she she's perfect in it. Like I I don't know if this is like as we were beginning to discover we love Jane Lynch in two thousand eight. I don't know if this is where in relation to Glee. But she's fucking incredible. The timing is there. The awkwardness is there. The sexual tension with everybody that she interacts with. 2009, by the way. Okay, so this might be what got her that role, or like it was in process. But like, I, this is like the the start of us falling in love with Jane Lynch because she's just perfect. Like I, I I I couldn't even write down lines. They were so funny and so weird. And they yeah. kept coming, and I, the, at the, the the cherry on top, or the 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 dog in the the uh, what is it? The bagel thing. Yeah, the fucking bagel dog <laughs> thing was just so funny, and with Ken Marino, who who's got the smallest part in the whole movie, and I think is really funny now that I've I've watched Party Down and come to appreciate him more. That thank you, Tim. Um, but like, <laughs> it, it was just great because they were on party down together and they never really had too much interaction in that way together. So to have them just p- make this funny, like sexual in the window joke, this acting with a hot dog, I don't know. I thought it was really, really funny. <laughs> Her character didn't feel like she belonged in the film at first. Yeah. It was so, out- so different from everything else. And then, like you said, the yes ending, she just keeps going. Like, when is the scene going to end? When is the dialogue? And it gets more and more awkward. But, like, by the third time you've seen her on screen, it, it works. She fits. Like, you, you sort of accepted her as a person the way you do with real people in, in real life. And then especially that her character was consistent with herself. I kind of kept waiting for the other shoe to drop, either for her to, like, go against them in some way, like, to sabotage them or what have you, especially with the timesheets, right? Or to just actually still be an addict slash relapse like you know I, I kept waiting but that never happened it's just no this is the person and every time you interacted with them and it ended maybe not normally but in a in a satisfying person-to-person interaction you know i accepted her more and more and more until at the end of the film I'm like oh yeah that's, that's how this character's person is all right cool it just blended really well I also love the uh, fuck you, Miss Daisy from Ronnie. I think that's a great line. <laughs> um, it, that one down too. Yeah. An outstanding number of lines from, from Ronnie. Um, but the, there was one more. Oh, okay. The eagle mating story. Oh my God. Tim, is that in the, the regular version? I don't think so. It They're camping. familiar. They're camping. And Stifler walks up to Augie and tells him about the mating rituals of this bird that, like, dives and mates, and if they don't pull up in time, they die. And it's, it's, it's this weird non sequitur, because it feels like you're supposed to think Stifler, like, got peyote or something. Like, he's, he's in nature, <laughs> he's taking shrooms or something. Like, I feel like it's half a joke. I feel like it's supposed to be he's tripping balls and really wants to connect with Augie because they're in na- nature. He And he goes on this long, drawn-out story about, like, the mating habit of these eagles. And then just Augie's like, why are you telling me this? And Stifler goes, why wouldn't I want to tell you this? And then leaves. 
and just floats away into the mist. Like, I, I don't know why it's in there. I think it's something that was definitely cut, but I think it's hilarious. And it doesn't belong in this film, but I'm so glad I got to see it. That, that was my, my last favorite scene. Well, that, that's something I've seen happen a lot in movies like that, where they're like, oh, this is the unrated version. And what I came to realize is unrated just meant that it wasn't there originally when the movie went to get its rating. So it's mm. technically that aspect of the film was never given a rating because it was never released in theaters. It doesn't right. mean it's like X-rated and it's right. porn. Yeah. They, yeah, they it's want just you to like, think they didn't submit this stuff for rating, like right because it, well, you know, because porn, right? But yeah, but, um, instead it's just it, it is that it's a literal interpretation of yeah, we didn't submit this for rating just because you know we cut it out, <laughs> not because yeah. of any like particular content. Yeah, yeah. I I swear the. I think Zeke was it. You were talking about the unrated trend. Um, yeah. I swear, I I once saw them air the unrated cut of Max Payne on television. <laughs> I don't know if I'm just like conflating different memories because I watched both those cuts that pretty close together and I could not tell them apart mm. at all. Um, not that the movie wasn't the clearest to begin with, but <laughs> yeah. So I, good, yeah, I'm good trying to think of other Tim. uncut ones I haven't or I've seen. I don't know that I. I've seen too many of them. Like, I, I feel like on American Pie, like the sequels had uncut versions, mm-hmm. right? And like, I'm just trying to think. American Pie went strong. You're breaking up, Zeke. Well, I've oh, got no. a list of a few different. Um, Shay's been hacking his feed this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> potential. No, upgraded. he's my favorite. I'm just yeah, kidding. So I, just, yeah, you did hit the nail on the head, by the way, Tim, about like how each different cut of a film has to receive its own separate rating. So like, while they technically didn't submit the new cut for rating yeah like you said it's about the implication yeah. right they want you to they want you to imagine who what might be here and then buy the film and take it home with you that you already saw in the theater and they yeah. want to use it to push home dvd sales um i don't know if i my article was an actual list or if it's just one paragraph about what unrated means uh, but, Wedding Crashers for me was one of the best unrated ones. Uh, I hadn't seen the original ever, so I only okay. got to experience <laughs> the unrated version of that. And um, I think that's another movie I laughed so hard at, and I wasn't expecting to like it so much. And it's it's glorious. So I think everyone should witness the unrated version of Wedding Crashers. Oh, what this a should film be a given. Is. What a film that is. <laughs> when they go to see Will Ferrell and he starts crashing the funerals, <laughs> it's just like the natural extension of that joke, and it's so good. And it's so perfect that it's I did him. find a list of the tw- from IGN, their top 25 unrated and extended cuts, right? Um, and, you know, we've got horror, too, right? Horror and right. Yeah, yeah. gore. We've got Blade Trinity, apparently. <laughs> team, team America World Police. I, oh, I yeah. totally forgot, right? Um, but in or in the vein of what we're talking about, right? Eurotrip, or uh, that one's in there. Um, Ball Rats has an extended edition. I don't know if that's specifically unrated from the list here. Tim, have you seen um, the extended Mall Rats? Yeah. So, like, there was a, an original opening that Kevin Smith wrote, and they filmed. And I think originally the movie was like two and a half hours long. And they're like, no, this is too long for comedy. You have to rewrite this. So he had to rewrite the intro. And that's why, like, in the beginning of the movie, uh, what's his name? Jason London, like the main character, his hair is longer than it is throughout the rest of the film. 
because he basically cut out like an hour of the opening of the film and had to just reshoot this thing to kind of tie everything together. So that's basically what that is. And I think that's also, yeah, technically unrated because that, that opening was like never shown in theaters. It was like, you know, it probably was tested with audiences and it's like, nope, this is too much. And they had to do the reshoot. So we've um, uh, 40 year old remember there being anything in the same thousand Spain. Right. Yeah. Oh God. Oh yeah. 40 year old virgin. Um, American Pie, you all mentioned, yeah. Um, Doom and... Yeah, please, sorry. Sorry, I have never actually seen any of the American Pies through and through. (laughs) At this point, Um, I don't know that you need to. I think you've probably got the cultural references. (laughs) Yeah, their fingerprints are all over everything. I mean, and and their their cherry pie prints are also on everything. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, there's been enough jokes where I kind of infer what happens, but I've never seen the whole movie through and through. Never have, and I haven't seen any of the sequels. How well it ages, because I I don't think it does. I Um, feel like it probably not be well, but also maybe not as badly as we think. I won't say better than we think. I'll say not as bad. (laughs) Right. Zeke, what was your favorite scene? Let's try this. I don't know what was going on. I think just Zoom was crashing because internet. I did a speed test and it was great. Uh, oh no! So don't don't know. Well, we'll Shay is hacking you. That's what we decided. <laughs> while you were it is me, one hundred percent. There can only be one. <laughs> I am everyone's one guest. <laughs> um, yeah. So favorites for me, I think broadly, um, and especially when they went camping, um, just seeing the different personalities of the other people in the program. Um, so I did big brothers for a little bit and it, I don't know, there's like definitely the guys that are, uh, there for, you know, maybe some court ordered reason (laughs) (laughs) and they're just trying, you know, and then there's the guys who are trying extra hard to be cool for their littles. And then there's the guys that are just like, I'm doing this. I enjoy it. And I'm, I'm just getting through. Um, so it was funny to see the different characters interact when they go camping and, and how they, uh, approach all of that. Um, Keegan Michael Key's line about we're gonna make s'mores with white chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I'm Keys. That's the that's the type of big brother. <laughs> there for the s'mores, and and that's about it. <laughs> I'm 100 also there for the s'mores because children are great in small doses. <laughs> but s'mores are fantastic in all doses. <laughs> we need that tagline. Yep. Yeah, like bumper <laughs> sticker. Put that everywhere. Those are those are our next shirts, you guys. Yes. Patreon <laughs> merch. Yep. Patreon merch. Get yours today at nerdsageek.com Coming soon. Look at her. What a professional. <laughs> Shameless plug. A Shay, Miss Clug. Oh, a Shay. Right, I'm going to re-edit that. It's going to sound so good when it's in the final cut. <laughs> I like it. You need a second take at it, or are you going to just piece it together? A Shameless plug. It's hard. Like the meh. <laughs> a Shameless plug. It's in true. isolation, I'm going to edit that shit. <laughs> it's right there. <laughs> um, and then for specific lines, uh, yeah, Jane Lynch was great. So um, a very uh, Zeke-centric line, I felt like, was her her basketball team quote. <laughs> where she's like, oh, I am the coach and the point guard and the two forwards and the center and also the other guard. I'm the entire organization. I'm like, they wrote that for me. I like that a lot. 
I laughed um, so much harder at that knowing you would laugh hard at that. <laughs> <laughs> it cracked me up and I appreciate that. <laughs> and then um, this quote, I feel like I'm maybe glad I didn't see this movie when it came out when I was in high school because I would have said this all of the time and my friend group would have said this all the time, but uh, I'm going to run train on these chicken fingers. <laughs> It's probably something I'll start saying when I order chicken fingers now. And you got to do the little like, nom, 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 like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, running train on chicken fingers. And then I also had the, the pick us up in two hours. Fuck you, Miss Daisy. That was also (laughs) a favorite from me too. So yeah, it was, and I don't know, it's the, the tone, Scott, you got it this little bit, but I feel like the tone of the movie changes and even improves as you go on. Cause the first little bit where they're, hawking the energy drinks and going school to school is like, okay, I feel like this is going to be one type of movie, right? And it's going to just be overly raunchy and not funny, which raunchy is great too. But I thought it was just going to be one of those. that's like only shitty jokes and not anything funny. And then all the other jokes happened and uh, then heartwarming and just all the good things. So like the trend of this movie too. Not that the beginning parts weren't also funny, but (laughs) different tones. I'm going to run train on these chicken strips. (laughs) god bless mclovin like what what a cultural icon i don't know what that kid's name either is i call him mclovin like i call uh, sean stifler it's michael something i feel bad i did look this up because i'm terrible charles mintzplatt apparently it's christopher not michael no and i i did see a michael i thought in the cast list here but i'm now i'm looking and i don't see one Um, I'm yeah, totally Christopher Mitzplass with a dash in it, right? I'm gonna stick with McLovin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> McLovin is better. I guess he was in. Well, he was in Kickass, right? Yeah, both of those. And uh, apparently, he was in Neighbors, but I haven't seen that. So ah, Neighbors is good. Oh, yeah. is he in it? I don't remember him. Yeah. I can't remember. The character is Scooney. Uh, if that's the you. one, you know. All I can see is De Niro's impressions by Zac Efron and Dave Franco. That's all I can see. And then he's apparently a pretty major voiced character in the uh, How to Train Your Dragon franchise. Oh, he's He's fish legs. Not that I know or love that show at all. (laughs) Those movies are great. They're fantastic. Tim, did we do your favorite scenes yet? No, not yet. Uh, Get it on. So, so one of the things, and I forgot to mention this earlier, but I remembered. I think Zeke, you mentioned how Louis C.K. was in this, mm-hmm. and talking <laughs> about like other other characters being connected. In my mind, I, I've created headcanon that he's it's his character from Parks and Rec, because uh, he, <laughs> he right. plays yeah. a kind of cop. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I love so that. I, him... I think that's that's him. I I yeah. love that we we had the canceled actor saying the hard f slur. That's the only line he says. <laughs> is yes. that gay slur and then he's out of the oh. film i love that i could just put that one part of the movie in a box and cancel it and then move on it was great yeah. well, i feel like isn't that his thing like i can say these words but it's be okay for me yeah. to say them like right. yeah that's been his like, attitude was... his whole career yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fun fact he's actually listed in the film credits as security guard not as a cop <laughs> but, oh, okay. and then a few other places the... as a school liaison so oh, i don't know if they ever really decided oh. what he was whether he gotcha. was a cop or school office, school resource he's probably officer, probably like a truant officer, or security guard, yeah, right? right? Somewhere in the middle. 
but I just yeah. like how inconsistent that is. Like, <laughs> like he just showed up in costume one day, and they did, oh, you get in there, do the thing, and then no one ever thought to ask him, what was that costume he was wearing that day? Someone call him? Yeah, nah, forget it. Just put him down as a security guard. <laughs> I think probably my, my favorite, and it's not a line because it's not spoken, and this is one of the things I... I that I loved about it is how like, you know, you have to, you probably have to pause it or read quick when Wheeler first meets Ronnie and he's like, Oh, what are you drawing? And his picture says Beyonce pouring sugar on my dick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> uh, oh, yes. I saw that. It's just so like it, like, like immediately it's like, you know, like zero to 60 in like Ooh. a second. Like this is, <laughs> this is who this kid is like, Oh, okay. I know. I don't word for after his first uh, line, I wrote down, oh, this is some writing here. <laughs> That's what I wrote. <laughs> and I, I, love, I love the relationship, too, between, like, with, with him and, and Wheeler. Because I feel like, you know, here's, here's a kid who's kind of, like, you know, acting older than his age. But then you have Wheeler, who's younger than his age. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they do kind of meet in the middle, you know. And, and I think it's... It, I think what was so perfect about them too is that like, you know, when, when the the other guy, was it Martin, he tries being his big mm-hmm. and it's just yeah. like, no, like you, you can't handle this kid. Like, you know, like, and I feel like there's like, like Ronnie gets, has this respect for Wheeler because I feel like he is, uh, you know, like, because he is, you know, <laughs> yeah, sometimes, which it maybe isn't good, like treating him like an adult. But it's also, you know, he's not the kid's father, you know, and, uh, you know, so it's, I, I feel like it, it works somehow, you know, and I feel like that's what he recognizes leads to them. He's been in a lot of adult situations, you know, yeah. not necessarily good ones. Yeah. So he applies that approach. Yeah, I think it works well. Yeah. So I, I, I like, I like seeing the two of them kind of, yeah, and like you said, like Wheeler's character never, he doesn't have any development. He doesn't grow at all. I mean, he does a little bit because I feel like you do kind of see that like how he's not trying to sleep with the mom and he does actually like care about the kid and, you know, um, he grows but, up. Um, yeah. Just a little. Um, yeah. And I think he, I, yeah, I think sometimes you need that comparison where it's just like, Oh, this is, this is a kid. Okay. I don't want to be that. I need to be the adult, you know, whereas if you're, if you're just in charge of yourself, you, you know, there's nothing to, to kind of push you forward. Um, but, but anyway, so yeah, so that, that's definitely like, I, I, I lost my shit when I saw that. Cause I, yeah, I had to back it up. I didn't read it in time. So I was like, what does that say? I was just like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> I, I paused the film for this. <laughs> and then there's one too, where was it like Martin, where he's being like, doesn't he draw Martin as a robot or no, Bar- Martin's like, there's a robot, and, but like, I forget which is which, but it's Martin. And like the dick that he draws is just like, busting through his body <laughs> it's right. just like, so like i i just love you know and, and someone got commissioned to draw that you know that, that was that was actually a thing like kind of like with super bad you know like with all the dicks you know it's like we need all these drawings of dicks like someone someone had to draw all those dicks you know that was someone's job someone got paid for that so someone got paid to do these drawings that this kid drew and i love that um, i love that someone was like you know like someone was probably like uh, uh, Jonah Hill's character in Superbad, and it's just like, oh, you know, you gotta knock this off. You know, this is a, what do you think you're gonna do for the rest of your life? It's like, oh, I'm gonna draw dick <laughs> pictures for comedies like this. So someone actually got a job doing that. So God bless them. That's um, my dream. That's my dream job. 
Don't knock it. All right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it, it was someone's dream job, and they had that job it be because me. it was it was needed See, to be done. Yeah. Now we really need a Patreon so we can have those as like subscribers, <laughs> as like Shay's dick pics. Right. <laughs> I'll draw a dick pic for you for like Tune fifty soon. cents at this point <laughs> or s'more. Don't send me food. That's weird. That's really weird. Don't do that. I really liked their, you know, before they went to the party, right? They did that whole, we're going to, I'll be your PIC, right? Yeah. But we don't cock each other. Friend. Right. Oh, that was partner in cock in the unrated version. Oh, yes, it is. I totally. <laughs> oh, well, no, there you no go. Bad. And like, we don't cock block nice. each other. And so, you know, when Ronnie gets like a, kind of abandoned, right? Because people just off getting some, I was fully expecting them to just tackle that whole issue with more sex jokes about, oh, well, you know, you're my PIC, right? Well, I was getting some. That's why. So, and then Ronnie to say something like, "Oh man, yeah, me leaving would have cock blocked you." So I, no worries, I forgive you, haha. But instead, they they really tackled it. You know, he really right. came back and he said, "No, like I, you're right. I screwed this up. I wasn't paying enough attention to him and doing what I should have been doing. I really like spending time. Like they just they handled it beautifully." I was constantly pleasantly surprised by the earnestness of that character. Like mm-hmm. I really liked Wheeler by the end. And he, like, again, he doesn't really develop all that much. He gets a little bit more responsible. And he's the same guy. He's a happy guy at the beginning, and he, he remains a happy guy. And I, I really, I liked that a lot. I liked that they didn't get bogged down in trying to have a different arc and make it more sinister and, and up the ante. I thought it was really great to have this dichotomy of the two experiences. And it's the thing, like he, he instantly realizes that he fucks up. He doesn't try to make excuses about it. He knows it was not okay. And I really like what he says. Like he just acts so tough. I didn't know I could hurt him. I thought that was yeah. a really, really great crystallization of, of that dynamic. I thought that was really great. I love him teaching him about the, the noticing a boob, but not looking directly at a boob. <laughs> Shay dips out for this discussion. <laughs> No, sorry. My dog is like violently scratching no, at the door. Give me like two You're good. Seconds. You're good. Oh, okay. But the accuracy of that. Yeah. <laughs> I the, know uh... they're around. Don't look directly don't at look. them. Is that the, is it Seinfeld? The old. I was going to say like, the Seinfeld, Seinfeld joke. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. You don't, you don't look directly at him. You just, you know, have a glance. I don't remember that Seinfeld joke, which is rare. I know Tim yeah. doesn't know that joke. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I, I vaguely remember that. Like, I wouldn't have been able to come up with the line, but I remember them having that discussion. Gotcha. <laughs> I just love know, it. Is it. Is that the sunglasses bit? Is that also from Seinfeld? Or is that something that sort of emerged from the world later? But, I, you know, just sun analogies, right? You don't look directly at them. You just <laughs> steal quick glances, or you can put your sunglasses on and then look as much as you want type of thing. <laughs> Right. I don't know how much of that is Seinfeld. I like that it's funny. I like that it's accurate. It also is a perpetuation of the objectification, yes. objectification of women, which is not okay. I don't mean to say that as like rote, but we we do need to reference no, yeah. it because it is important to make that distinction. And it, it is 2008. How, in general, not just the tone of the film and the whole process, but the whole the way they've handled the thing with Wheeler and Ronnie. So many parts of the film started in that you know 2000s pit and then yeah. climbed out right yeah but i'm almost willing to forgive it the parts that didn't climb out because it's sort of we can see the steps already beginning right yeah yeah there there are a couple of moments in that movie where i'm like "Ooh, guys come on the hard f slur really always throws me i try to skip that part whenever i can 
that hits a little too close to home for me personally. So I'm like, guys, come on. I know it's 2008, but come on. That's yeah. not an excuse. We could have cut that from the movie. Would have been fine. Um, the object, the objectification of women always a struggle. Oh, sorry. I did mute, but I did hear you guys. That's what yeah. still. Oh, um, no, objectifying women is wrong. Okay. But boobs are amazing. So it's okay. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Um, you're not kidding it about is, boobs being amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're pretty great. I mean, I, I 100% approve of all boobs ever, everywhere. But the movie itself is a great commentary and it, it's a great timepiece and how like, hey, people are people and don't be a dick. But also LARPing, it does make LARPing look cool at the same time. So it's just like a fun, great movie yeah. with some great social commentary on the side. It's a great contrast actually because that starts off yeah. in the same place as as the women do, basically, as a thing to be yeah. laughed at. But that, because it's touched with the plot, you know, eventually gets treated with more respect by the time the film ends. You have Beth, who's like the most put-together character in, in all of the characters, and she's life goals. Like, we all want to be Beth at some point. We all want to have a really successful career, have our stuff together. And she sets really firm boundaries in her relationship, which you have to respect that, especially Absolutely. as that becomes a thing and theme and in twenty twenty one. Boundaries are important, everybody. Set them. Don't let anyone treat you terribly. That's your lesson of the day. The more you know. Look at Shay. Like she's got a message and stuff. Like, <laughs> God damn. <laughs> I'll take I'm giving you the shirt back. You 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 you've you've earned no. your spot. <laughs> no. Can't I will cry. You have to keep that forever, <laughs> I or I will die. I'm just saying. We just adopt every guest we've had except John. Yeah, no, John. <laughs> John's got enough going on. He perfectly can't take the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we can adopt him too. Can, I mean, I technically I've adopted all of you. You're all all mine. Like I already have the mom purse, so like you're all mine. You saw my favorite movie. Now we're all best friends. That's just how it is. You know, you're all my favorite. So I am except convinced, for <laughs> except for Tim. <laughs> I like that it's oscillated back to Tim because for a while it was me getting all the shit. And then you met Tyna and that made me infinitely better in your mind. <laughs> okay, so the funny thing that you don't see is I've been giving John shit for literal weeks because I'm like, oh, Joel's your favorite. He had a Paramount account before me. You love him more. Um, so no, I pick on all of you. I'm just kidding. I... I think it's fantastic. Um, and I do. I, I That's how I show my love. Like, if I don't pick on you, I clearly don't love you. <laughs> Except for Zeke, because he just doesn't talk ever. <laughs> Fair. Too perfect. Accurate. So I'm convinced that they blew all of their budget on the LARPing locations. Because yes. we see the same goddamn Starbucks stand in from different mm -hmm. angles like six different times. I, I was like, 100%. oh, my God, this is the same Starbucks. Oh, my God, this is the same. What, like, why are we at the same Starbucks so much? It's great. I, I love that. I <laughs> Not only is it, like, the first like... joke. It's the first joke, and they keep coming back to that location afterwards. Yeah. The thing that struck me about that. I just want to know if that Starbucks got paid. Sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Please. No, go ahead. Um, the thing that struck me about that was the set looked pretty natural until at the end there's that chair tree. But the one guy sitting there, <laughs> shaped like it, that was too perfect. I was like, that's a fake tree they put. I don't know if they installed it in a real park or if the whole place is just an outdoor set. But I, immersion ruined right there. That was the moment. Yeah. Please, Shay, what were you going to say? 
Uh, I was going to say, I wonder if that Starbucks paid for the whole film and that's why they were just in every <laughs> shot because they're like, we will finance your film, but like sponsorship. It's really you know? funny though, because it doesn't have, you don't see Starbucks logos, but they no. are having the venti discussion. So I wonder if that that's the thing is like, we, we, we <laughs> can get adjacent to Starbucks and evoke it, but we can't afford to have them actually <laughs> We can't well, I, fish Marmucks. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that was one of the things, too. I feel like that was... I almost wondered if that's why they went with the whole Venti things. It's like, here's a really quick way to, uh, you know, to um, solidify that this guy's being a dick. You know, because I feel like that's, that's you know, y- you know, people either you know, don't care. I mean, you may order a large instead of a Venti, but whatever. You don't make a thing out of it unless you're a dick, you know. So it's like we want to we want to tell the audience that this guy's a dick. How do we do that? Oh, do the whole Starbucks thing. Yep, got it. Boom. You know, we'll so like them. I feel like that was that was a vehicle for like instantly establishing who he was at that point. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, maybe it wasn't a Starbucks. Maybe they didn't get the rights, but they're like, okay, we'll do this. People will know it's Starbucks. They'll know like what we're what we're doing here. I think it's that one, that is very accurate. Yeah, it's one of my favorite things. Like his whole character is hating things. Like, I, I love that so much that it's like every line out of his mouth is like, I hate that. I hate that. And his big his big romantic reason for them getting back together to Beth is, we lo- how am I going to find who hates all the same things I do? It's just like, what? And I, I think it pays off really well because, like, in this performance, Paul Rudd still looks young. But, boy, howdy, is he young in this compared to now. Like, you you can't really tell, like, if you just see them in isolation, but next to each other, you can tell, like, there, there's been age. But, like, how great is it to see him happy at the end of this movie after being fucking miserable the whole movie? Because he's such a happy dude. Like, his, his face, I, I can't picture it frowning, like, really. So, for the whole two acts where he's just miserable and pissed off and like not happy for him to really lighten up and be excited and sing that dumb song. And, and I don't know how he sells that song other than charm, like boyish charm and joy is the reason that works. So it, it, I really liked that kind of journey of that character. Cause it's hard to make him look forlorn and they do it for like an hour and a half. It's great. I, I love to like one of, one of my favorite moments is, when he finally has dinner with Augie's parents and he like tells Augie's parents off. He's like, if he was my kid, I'd be sick. Like, you know, and it's like, you finally see him like passionate about something and like having, yeah, having positive feelings towards something. I, I, I can't remember if that is the turning point or if there's anything that happens before that, but that's the one that to me had the most impact where he, you know, you get a little hint of that. Like when he's talking to Augie at the camping and he's like, Oh, I made this patch for you. And he's like, Oh, oh fuck! Like someone's thinking of me. I'm, I'm thinking of no one but myself. But someone is thinking of me, you know. And I feel like it, you finally get the culmination of that when he finally has that moment. And then also when he like, you know, you know this is going to happen. Be, be at the courthouse at three. You know he's not going to be yeah. there. At three. <laughs> oh, yeah. But when he's just yeah. like, fuck it, like this is more important. And you finally see that, like, okay, he's got his head on straight, like that. Those pose parts are great. I liked with the patch thing that they sidestepped the sort of like, you know, the typical thing would be for him to like shit on it more. You know, mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, you're making your dumb patch for some game for some new loser who's gonna join you. And then Augie oh, would say, oh, but it's for you, you know, and be hurt. But instead, Polaroid's already encouraging him. And it's this very non committal, 
like doesn't involve me encouraging like oh yeah give that to someone who's not me because you know what yeah they'll love it they'll be so absolutely delighted you know that you made it for them special and then it's like oh well put your money where your mouth is it's for you (laughs) you know it was a really sweet way to do the same kind of like turn around on the character and, i like you know, that, that line where he's like now i have to do it yeah that's what, kind of what i was thinking <laughs> like i like yeah. that they, they start to kind of emulate each other's personality because that's that's the kind of joke that paul rudd would make it's like no we're not friends like oh i guess we are like that that kind of sensibility i like that sort of enmeshing that was taking place at that point uh shape you obviously like this film a lot. I mean, that's why you brought it to us. What else is there around this film? Are there others like it, or did this like turn you on to a particular actor or style? Like, what do you think came for you in cinema afterwards because of role models? Uh, I mean, this definitely made me love comedies a little more, um, especially in this this era where it is kind of borderline more raunchy. Uh, we mentioned Wedding Crashers earlier, which is. Oh my God. So over the line and hilarious <laughs> at the same time. Um, I can't remember if employee of the month came before or after that. I want to say employee of the month kind of came before it. Oh, wow. Um, I know I'm dating myself with the Dane. No, Cook movie. I, I, I'm just remembering that 2006 had a film for career. employee of the month. <laughs> yeah. So it, it did, it did come out earlier. Yeah. I, I was a huge Dane Cook fan too at the time. Um, and then I wasn't, um, so no, I mean, it really kind of turned me on to that genre. This movie will always just hold a special place in my heart, very specifically because it is, it is that nerdy kid finding his way in the adults. Who, it turns out adults don't know what they're doing either. Like, surprise, I don't know who needs to know that. No one knows what they're doing. But the overall theme Joel, of just... Stop it. <laughs> stop seeing me with both eyes like that. No, no. What's your, what's your, what's your, 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 your PS to that? Nobody knows. Everyone's faking oh, it. Oh, except Jimmy Page. Everybody's faking except it except Jimmy Page. <laughs> Look at you, self-referential. I'm, I'm, I need to wake up. Sorry. <laughs> that was great. Aww. I had to do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we shit on a really nice point that Shay was making. No, I totally lost my train of thought. Thanks for kicking up my brain not working out. I'm just saying oh, how, how all adults are faking it. Uh, yes, I'll, I mean, no matter what your age is, you don't really know what's going on. And so for me, it kind of just opened the door to more comedies that prove that there is no magical age where you have your life together. We're all just bumbling around and we hope it works out like we're hoping to be Beth. Uh, and maybe at some point we'll get there. I don't know. I haven't reached Beth yet. I think I'm at Danny. Um, I think I'm at Paul Rudd where I'm just like, I too hate everything. Uh, and what 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 was the last 10 years of my life for? I don't know. Couldn't tell you. This this seems like almost like a transition piece into uh, accepted. Like that kind of following the misfitted high schooler who's really good at like getting out of things. Kind of like the, the Rushmore-esque like... I've got all these side hustles and all these skills, but none of it is applicable to a job or a, a college application. So I kind of see like yeah. there's this definitely this kind of like coming of age nerd movie comedy that kind of starts to to come into frame at that time. I'm not sure when Accepted came out. I'm thinking 2011, but that might, well no. Oh wow, earlier. So oh, we came earlier. Oh, oh, we're all wrong on our movie yeah, well, release dates. Speaking of which, have Justin Long and Paul Rudd ever done anything together? Because if not, 
why the hell not? Right. Yeah, good <laughs> it's question. too much charming for one yeah. <laughs> one movie. It's true. You can it. only have one bumbling charming nerd. That's true. They should just mm-hmm. pass through each other's films, right? Like every Paul Rudd movie is a point where there's clearly of a, a scene from a different film happening in the background involving <laughs> Justin Long and vice versa, but we never see those movies. It's they're just background jokes in each of their movies. That would be great. To keep on that trend, I was looking at. Um, so I know this was on some lists and won some awards for like best comedy movies of 2008. So I was curious what else was happening at that time. Uh, we got Tropic Thunder, ah. Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Wow, Pineapple Express. Uh, oh, Zach and Mary make a porno. Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. Step Brothers, um, which is interesting because oh, a lot of those Step have the Brothers. same tone. But like, if you told me they were the they same were all year. from the same year, I would. I don't think I believe you. They feel like different yeah. parts of my life, which is interesting. Those other ones almost make it seem quaint, like Step Brothers and Tropic Thunder and Pineapple Express being like, right, hugely like intense yeah. and like going going for it and then this one just is making Take boob jokes <laughs> it's right. like fuck your own that's really straight i would not have yeah. thought that those were in the same year that's crazy Z. right Me neither. And I, I feel like this like forgetting sarah marshall zach and mary make a porno they all have the kind of same vibe probably especially zach and mary because i don't know it's like here's some different stuff and then we get heartwarming at the end um but yeah, I don't know. It's weird to think it was a pretty good year for comedies. Um, for sure. I don't know. And so like, yeah, for me, uh, that was tail end of high school. So it's interesting to see which ones I did see and how that shaped my humor at the time. And again, I don't know if I saw this then, how I would have felt. I think I would have liked it being nerdy and being in high school. I think I would have liked this one too. But it, yeah, it's an interesting one to put up against all those other ones from the same year. Oh my God. How, when did you graduate? Now I have to know. When did everyone graduate? I have questions. <laughs> I felt oh, like when I started to say that, yeah, I was opening up uh, can of worms. Oh, nine for me. Yeah. Oh, nine. <laughs> oh my God. Scott, when did you graduate high school? 2011. Jesus Christ, fetus. <laughs> I'm so old. Oh my God. Tim? <laughs> I graduated in the late 1900s. <laughs> <laughs> 1996. Wow. Through awards nominations from what would have covered 2008. And I'm actually Mm -hmm. not finding a lot of comedy because it tends to kind of get shunted into its own Mm -hmm. subcategory when it does exist. Um, But we've got a British film called Happy Go Lucky that I don't even remember hearing about. And we've got In Bruges, of all things. Oh, God. That's a comedy. (laughs) I can't even imagine that in the same breath as all the other movies you just right. listed see? Yeah. like that it mm-hmm. seems like completely separate parts of my life right it's crazy how that like trends of a certain year like what's what's on the uprise in drama and comedy at certain points like we got there will be blood and no country for old men in the same year like and now we've got tropic thunder in this like it's just so interesting like kind of the things that the the trajectories of the different genres in any given year is very strange and interesting. Burn after reading, same yeah. year as quote unquote comedy. <laughs> so this this was nominated for a Teen Choice Award uh, oh. for romantic comedy, but it did not win. Aww. 
what what the, no, the, no, the nominees for best romantic comedy of the 2019 choice awards uh were tropic thunder don't know if that was really a bromance movie but okay uh pineapple express i love you man well, uh, and marley and me won oh what? marley and me won Romantic uh, comedy. Wow. Okay. Teen, teen Choice Awards are just the, the barometer uh, of. I see. <laughs> Finger on the pulse there. <laughs> right. No joke. Wait, can we can we talk about? I guess 2008 because I, I when I was watching this and we were watching two grown men like slap fight. <laughs> I was like, there was an era where comedy was two grown men fighting like little kids, and in the same breath, like uh, same year, Step Brothers, which is mm-hmm. the epitome of that. And then this, which is peppered in for for flavor. I don't know why we thought that was funny. It's kind of funny. Well, keeping with the Teen Choice Awards, they had a separate comedy category as opposed to romantic comedy. Oh. Which is also where Pineapple Express was in there again. Oh, it was actor. It was actor comedy. So we got Seth Rogen for Pineapple Express and Observe and Report. Um, Ben Stiller from Tropic Thunder and the Museum. Will Ferrell's Land of the Lost. Forgot that even existed. Oh, God. Here. And Yes Man, Jim Carrey. I did love Yes Man. Totally different caliber of film. Oh, and then from the regular comedy category, we had uh, Land of the Lost, Yes Man, Paul Blart, Mall Cop. Oh, God. And The Hangover. Wow. <laughs> Just a whole lot of wow. What a crazy category. <laughs> oh, uh, if we wow. look at the actress for comedy, we get to add He's Just Not That Into You, Bride Wars, and Confessions of a Shopaholic to our list. For 2008. Okay, so I, I clearly have like blacked out a lot of these movies and really <laughs> like I clearly don't remember half of those movies that when they came out. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, I know I've seen all of these films, but I don't remember them being out in 2008. But I also can't <laughs> comprehend that it's 2021. So really, am I to blame here? I guess we just put them all on the pile, and that was that was. I feel bad, like that would have right? been a busy summer, like all of those releases. Like God, <laughs> what? It's all coming out now. What the hell? I don't even remember what I was doing in 2008. Honestly, I couldn't. <laughs> oh, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> also, no one asked me. I graduated in 2004. Thank you. <laughs> See, it, kind of lo- movies came out then it kind of diminished uh, the impact <laughs> of that reveals because since we did Tim's first, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, it's okay. John, John's also old. Don't John, tell my John. <laughs> John saw all of the horror movies he loves from the 80s in person. <laughs> he did. He did. And I'm not a horror person, so I feel bad because don't ask me when any horror film came out. See, that, I, I that's why I'm the favorite, Shay, is because I've come ac- across to the horror side. <laughs> wow. John's like, oh, wow. I, can, <laughs> I can guide this one. <laughs> wow, Joel, you want to, all right, all right, gloves off. I'll fight you It took back. me four Let's years go. to get this comfortable to give you shit. <laughs> that's really <laughs> why you weren't on the podcast. <laughs> I mean, you always have to give me shit. I just assume people don't love me if they don't fight back with me, you know, and, and I have um object consonancy so i just assume if you're mad at me you hate me forever so you know it's fine no one loves me i'll just die alone John this has been a good more. episode for like behind the scenes for ntg like nerds that geek behind the scenes it's great I, I we're like all that. just fighting for john's love and attention and then also <laughs> who's my personal favorite it's zeke by the way and tim and scott it hurt me it's not the, the, we're talking about the unrated you know mm. gimmicks 
right, to just kind of push home video sales, right? Mm -hmm. But it occurred to me that for a lot of those comedies, the gimmick is more boobs. But Mm -hmm. in... I'm going to call it 80s, I guess, culturally 80s. There were a ton of films with just gratuitous boob shots crammed into them, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Airplane, Robocop, Starship Troopers, right? You're going to name them all? all over the <laughs> it's place. a lie. Right, right. <laughs> just to name online. a few. They were just all over the place. And then they kind of dried up in the 90s. And now the, the unrated gimmick is to like give that back, back without sort of examining it in any way. When did the rating system come out? So as we, the rating system as we have it roughly now is more or less set in stone right around Temple of Doom, because Temple of Doom is one of the biggest reasons we have PG-13. This is Scott's yeah. favorite thing. So, so you asked the right question. Oh, yes, you asked the right question. <laughs> so we had G, PG, and R, and no gap. And thanks to Temple of Doom and Spielberg and some others pushing this, we need something in between PG and R. So we got PG-13. I think there were some changes after that, some shuffling around between, like, X and NC-17 and R-plus and yada yada before we finally settled on where we are now with NC-17, but that's that's so incidental, right? I mean, when did you last see a film rated that way? Or hear of one, right? right. I didn't know there was an R-plus. I don't... I, I might have made that one up. I don't remember. That's the point, that's right? I, I literally one. just learned so much right now. This is cool. I don't cool. even remember if X was ever official or if it was unofficial, but I do know it got co-opted by pornography, which yeah. is part of the reason they moved away from it. Again, either officially or unofficially, I don't remember. So I, I'm not going to bore you to death with the Googling, but but basically we got the GPGPG13R right around Temple of Doom era. Um, well, that's something with course, Night of the Living Dead. I would be remiss if uh, I didn't reference <laughs> zombies when we were talking about John. But with, with Night of the Living Dead, they were looking for an R-rated cut, but they were going to shoot it out as unrated. And unrated mm-hmm. meant porn. And Romero was like, we can't do that. We can't have it. Like, it has to be an R. So they were they fought really hard to get, get that. Mm-hmm. And, and that was whole, uh, 60s, so earlier. Like, like what's acceptable within those ratings, of course, has changed a lot without the system itself necessarily changing. Is it now the case that you can't smoke cigarettes in a PG-13 film? It has to I'm, be R? I'm not up to date. I've, I have no idea. Maybe that was, like, in discussion. Maybe it's not set in stone. But... Or is that PG? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. I feel like I... I think that was... That was something Disney was saying, I think, specifically. Well, and that's interesting, too, because Disney is now kind of doing their own thing in terms of censorship, which is... They always have up up to a point. You know, what wasn't Disney-friendly, but it's getting more public and seems to be getting more far-reaching, I guess. Washers and dryers aren't Disney-friendly. Oh, yeah. Stitch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they took out the... Because she crawled in the dryer, which, that's fair. But like, oh, I mean, his kids were kind of doing like, that. Oh yeah, I, yeah. But then did they no one else do that a... in the nineties? <laughs> Just me. <laughs> it's warm in there. With seeks, you were saying. <laughs> oh yeah, they replaced it with like a pizza oven. Which like, how is that what? better? Or it's like a pizza box, pizza what? warmer, or something. It, oh, it's man. it's a cupboard with a pizza box as the door, so that kids, oh, you know, like you don't have that yeah, in your house, so you won't go copy it. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> you know, what a weird impression of uh, Hawaiian <laughs> households we will get from that film. They just have a box of pizza in their closet for some reason. <laughs> I, I have a whole rant about that movie. I actually lived in Hawaii at the time that movie came out, and I have a lot to say about it 
So, you, I think that's the next that, pick. Yeah. Shay's already yeah. picked there her next one. <laughs> I, I am. We're doing Lilo and Stitch. I will be here. I have a rant on how it's cultural <laughs> appropriation and misrepresentation of the Hawaiian people. I'm just saying. Just saying. That movie has a, is an uncomfortable hard on for like Elvis's Hawaii. Oh my God. Like that seems yeah. to be very like, much tiki the, tiki the lines. Yeah. yeah. Tiki Hawaii. Yeah. And, and oh, that's not that's a great. thing. That's not. That's not a thing. <laughs> I, I'm excited to have that that episode with Shay. <laughs> the only thing we need to keep from the Tiki movement is the Dole Whip. <laughs> the Disneyland Dole, Dole Whip. Whip is the shit. Give me that. I'm right on that. <laughs> I have actually been to the Dole Plantation, and they have um, pineapple flavored soft serve ice cream. Ooh. I would probably kill for that actively right now. Like I am missing it <laughs> no. so bad. It's so addictive. Like you think Dole Whip is good? No. No. Pineapple soft serve ice cream is the one thing you didn't know your life needed right now. <laughs> we'll add Palisade peach soft serve ice cream. Ooh. Ooh. That sounds delicious. In Palisade, they have like little <laughs> oh. peach stands that have soft serve ice cream with fresh I can't peaches. remember the last time I had soft serve in general, actually. Mm-hmm. See, you said that so oh. saucily, like in Palisade. <laughs> I didn't mean to. <laughs> well, in I mean, it's implied by Palisade. And, and you didn't bring us any. I wish I could. I wish I had the machine from Palisade. Oh, Road trip. Your headphones <laughs> Jesus. Or some, some shave ice. I can own. do some shave now ice. Now we're just talking about frosty dishes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I want food. I'm food. hungry. All right. On that note, we're going we're gonna to ham fist my favorite segment in here. Could put it right here. It is. It is time for <laughs> another situational movie recommendation. Jay, did you do no. your homework? <laughs> it is okay, time listen. for. <laughs> I I did, um, and then I I promptly forgot the prompt. Okay. And then I promptly remembered it, and I asked John. I was like, John, help me! I'm having an idiot moment. Like my brain's not working. And he was like, Here's a great suggestion. And then I promptly didn't write that down, and then I promptly forgot. So, <laughs> did he message you? Don't have I probably listen. The amount of text messages John and I have. <laughs> if I go back, that's fair. That's fair. It's gonna take like sixteen days. Who's the paper count, Joel? It's still me. <laughs> no, it's definitely you. Because he he he'll want to be texting, and I, I just don't have the energy for it. <laughs> so I gotta stop. I, no one should text me. Like I am a texter. I will text you back instantaneously. Uh, and I also think I'm like God's gift to humor. So I think I'm the funniest texter ever. Um, so just no one text me. Like, that's the rule. Unless you want to have an actual conversation with me, just also sending you memes. Uh, so I did do my homework. Oh, I can't remember what film I had picked for it. Do you know? Do you remember what the prompt was? No. Okay. Uh, no. Anybody else have one on theme? Because I'm kind of wanting to go like, what's your favorite comedy from 2008? Since we just had a list of those. <laughs> I mean, I would have I would have gone similar, like like Paul Rudd movie or something. So I think yours is probably better. Well, should, well, let's let's make it more abstract. Like, what's your favorite movie with a mentor mentee relationship? Oh, Karate Kid. Oh, ooh, yeah. solid choice, Zeke. Oh, you're too good so at like the instant <laughs> reply. <laughs> Zeke is amazing. That's why he's my Aww. personal favorite. Followed by Tim, hey. Scott, and maybe Joel. Back on top. I'm ready. <laughs> in keeping with the theme of this is the one I have in mind now, and I'm sure I'll, we'll talk about 20 more that I forgot after we stop recording. Um, 
the the French film I've mentioned before, the the Intouchable, the Intouchables, with the mm. the ghetto kid is hired on to be the quadriplegic's character. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. They made a, a remake here in with the Cranston. United States. Yeah. Oh my God! Yes. Uh. Um, I actually love that one. And I can't remember was the remake. Yes. Yeah, um, with Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart and Brian Cranston. Yep. And I, I didn't see the remake just because I heard it was perfectly exactly the same. So I was like, oh well, okay, I'll catch it when I can. I've already seen it. Um, it's really good. So I don't know whether it's yeah, yeah, good, glad. But yeah, I, just, I love Would that because it's on the one hand you kind of knew from the start it was going to be the mentor and oh yeah, you know they're going to learn from each other the rough kid with the truths and the rich white guy blah, blah. but like then they did it to me and then I loved it anyway. <laughs> you know, I just I saw it coming a mile away and it didn't matter. They, you know, played my pulled my heartstrings. I feel like Star Wars is a cop out answer. Oh man. We allow Okay, so you, definitely though. not. You know Star Wars. <laughs> um I'm surprised Zeke didn't go back to the future. I was going to circle back to it, but that's a yeah, not quite, but it kind of is. It's, right. it's their well, relationship's back to, back to weird. The I don't. Know I was going to say friends. like it's, like, it's either yeah. thirty or eighty. <laughs> <laughs> eighty year old man and a high schooler like Rick and hanging Morty. out. Rick, and Morty. <laughs> More, Rick is not a mentor. <laughs> no, <laughs> he is. He's an anti mentor. I don't know if there's an anti mentor theme, but that is that is what Rick and Morty is. I kind of like. I mean, I was thinking Forrest Gump, like Lieutenant Dan, is, mm. is a great kind of mentor ish. I don't know. That's it's not really. They don't focus enough on that for it to be like a mentor mentee film. But um, I mean, he has multiple mentors throughout the film. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, we can spin it that way. Oh, I got one. Oh, so behind the mask, which is that uh, uh, mockumentary about uh, a film crew following around a serial killer. And the, I don't, you guys probably haven't seen this. I'll bring it to the podcast. I think it's hilarious. It's great. Um, but it, it plays on all these tropes. But through through the film, I think it's Leslie is the name of the, the uh, serial killer. He's taking the journalist under her, his wing and showing her how he does all the things. And it's great. Like, it comes to this, like, culmination moment of, like, is she going to just, are they going to film the final girl killing? Like, how is it going to play out? And it's a great kind of, like, mentor, mentee, manipulation. Oh, fuck. Hannibal. Uh, Silence of the Lambs. That's what it is. I, I apologize. I will not. No, I've, I will cut that out. Silence of the Lambs with Hannibal I've Lecter. I've also never seen that Okay, that is more agree. That's why you're not John's favorite. Right? Right there, Shay. Ouch. <laughs> I feel bad. No, I don't. Oh, I don't it's fine. No, it's, it's creepy. It is a creepy. Don't bully Shay because I can say that I mentored you into. You did. It. You so, did. Mentor, mentee, you yes. again. And so there you go. It's me and mentor. Zeke. So that's why Zeke is my favorite Joel, and that's why you're not on top. Is this bit gotten old yet, listeners? Shay, what about you? No. What mentor, mentee movie? Oh God! Oh, skip me. <laughs> okay, Tim. <laughs> I'll go. Uh, I think for me it's peaceful, peaceful warrior. Oh yeah, you've talked about that a couple of times. Yeah, um, it's it's really good. I mean, you know, it, again, it is one of those where you kind of you can kind of predict how it's going to go, you know. But like, you know, this this sort of cocky young gymnast who's getting drunk and hooking up with chicks all the time, and you know, because he's like, oh, I'm I'm such a great gymnast. He ends up getting into a motorcycle accident like breaks his leg you know goes through a depression and then meets up with nick nolte who's like, <laughs> you know straightens his ass out and i i also like that they kind of hint at some sort of 
possible supernatural aspect to him, but not really. It's like there's one part where they're like, he's talking to him, and the kid turns around and he looks back, and like Nick Dolte's like on the roof of a gas station or something like that. Like all of a sudden, it's like, what the fuck? Is he um, Cherokee Jack? Is that- <laughs> yeah, maybe. But uh, but but what I love about it, and why even though I'm not interested in gymnastics, is kind of how he he goes at it from kind of like conditioning his mind as a way of like conditioning his body, you know? So it's not like, Oh, you've got to do these moves and practice like this and getting into the nitty gritty of gymnastics, which I don't care about. Um, it's kind of how he has to like change how he thinks of everything. Um, you know, and it's, it, it kind of goes through, you know, uh, kind of like with Karate Kid, the whole like, why are you teaching me this? I want to learn this. Why are you teaching me this? And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, you, you know, has that aha moment and kind of breaks through. Um, so, yeah. Okay. So I ironically was going to say the Karate Kid. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, is that too cheesy to say? And then you said it. So, um, but but yeah, it's kind of that whole, I think the Karate Kid molded us in a lot of ways too. Because like, wax on, wax off. But it was it was a bunch of life lessons. Cobra Kai, I, I haven't watched, so no one judge me. So good. Um, I mean, there there's a lot of mentor movies kind of early on with Disney. That was kind of also their theme, um, especially like Genie and the Aladdin, which is dumb. And I'm gonna I'm gonna throw the Disney card out because I'm a Disney adult. I'm sorry, <laughs> I love it though. It's fantastic. Sword and the Stone, adult. That's right? great. Yeah. Sword in the Stone is fantastic. Merlin's Merlin so good. is just the best um, merlin and, and wanna... archimedes like both of them as mentors are great archimedes is probably the best mentor everyone needs because he's the one that stays merlin gets fed up and he's like you're an idiot i'm out and archimedes is like i'll stay with you it'll be okay Arthur." <laughs> um but yeah disney kind of had that theme going on for a hot minute and, and then they just started killing parents it was fine no one's traumatized uh and also kind of weirdly enough harry potter and hear me out here dumbledore is also not someone you should ever have as a mentor but it's kind of a mentor mentee relationship and then they kind of bring snape into it which read the books kids books are better movies are trash i want to take this opportunity to say arthur weasley is the (laughs) mvp of male role models for harry in that those films in the books he is unsung Arthur Weasley for president. <laughs> just it's true. He should have gotten like he an cares, actual plaque. He cares so much about Harry. He takes him aside. Yeah. He tries to warn him about Sirius. Like he, like before, like when he's escaped, that whole thing. Like he just every time we watch at Prisoner of Azkaban, I'm like, Arthur fucking Weasley was he he's Yondu to to Star Lord. Oh, I'm your fucking daddy. Wow. That's Mary Poppins, y'all. That's what Arthur Weasley is to yeah. Harry Potter. How many it's references true. can I put into one heartfelt thing? <laughs> Just seven. <laughs> Spider-Man Homecoming. Voter Man. It's like Tony and Peter. Uh, I feel like that's that's probably the only Spider-Man film that kind of gets into that. Because I feel like in every other Spider-Man movie, like Uncle Ben dies, and that's it. And he's just figuring shit out for himself. And like Uncle that's Ben's the one where he actually Spider-Man. has. Huh? Uncle Ben's ghost in Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Actually, Tony also into the Spider Verse. You know, I mean, yeah. he's not a, not a great a role one. model, but still, like, you know, it's got you've got the the old fat Peter Parker trying to mentor mm. Miles. And... It works great. They all mentor each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Deadpool two. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that's solid. Solid. Technically, the entire X Men series with Professor X being everyone's mentor. <laughs> 
And so mine is a lot like role models in the sense that it's court ordered and the mentor is <laughs> begrudging at first, but uh, Coach You're Bombay is like mighty <laughs> Yeah, my, yeah, Mighty Ducks, Coach Bombay, drunk driving. Oh, the go coach the hockey team. Outstanding. Oh, I guess I'll go coach the hockey team. I hate them. I hate these children. Maybe I do like children. Maybe we're going to win together and be happy. <laughs> Just like yeah. role models. <laughs> like every sports movie ever, basically. Yeah. Like movie. It's yeah. fair. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that one at a drive-in theater in like the 90s. So nice. I'm just curious how old I am. <laughs> We've That's still got cool. drive-ins around here. <laughs> Do I haven't been to one since I was a kid. I don't. I don't know if they exist. They're still Fort great. Collins. Are they even real? Yeah. There's one in Fort Foco. There's one in Commerce. I can't believe I said Foco. I hate it when people do that. Oh um, wow. <laughs> um, no, there's one in Delta. There's one in Commerce City. There's another one kind of around Denver area. But yeah, they're great. I'll put down on my list of things to do. You know, go see a drive-in movie oh, before 2023. Movies, then, um, Cinema Paradiso is a bit of a. I guess it's not like it's not a majority of the film, but so much of the film is about. I seen that one. The boys' relationship to cinema that came from the old projectionist. So, mm. all right. Well, I'm going to stop because that's coming to the podcast <laughs> at some point. So, uh, I'm going to let that go. But anywhere you expected to see a mentor relationship and then didn't see one that you can think of <laughs> or just a bad mentor can I have the room <laughs> johnny's a terrible mentor to everybody in that film actors and real in in uh, uh characters alike <laughs> never saw it oh hi mark <laughs> oh, this, this, oh the, that's right the one that i was thinking of earlier was point break mm. I love Point Break uh, so much, yeah, Point Break's and it's one. so so lovely and so homoerotic, and <laughs> part of why I love it. And it's also like Top Gun, like, sir, yeah, yeah, Top Gun, Top Actually, Gun, for the non-mentor sort of thing too. Like, yeah, he kind of refuses all the teaching he gets handed in that movie. Top Gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's gonna mentor Goose's kid in the sequel if we ever uh, get it to oh, come out. Geez. It's never going to happen. It's never coming out. <laughs> I think we beat that segment into the ground. Thank you all for participating. Tim, oh. begrudgingly. Shay, forgetting her homework, but still making a good showing of herself. And Zeke coming oh. out of the gate with a response right away. <laughs> Zeke wins. He got the most I points. trained for that. <laughs> Miyagi-Do. Trained. Thank you for the prompt, and especially thank you, Shay. Thank you for coming to the podcast, for gracing us with your incredible presence. Thank you very much for putting <laughs> us role models, which was a really good time all around. And uh, great of course, yeah. also led to great discussion. Yes, this was fun. Thank you guys so much for having me. I absolutely love and adore all of you. This was a blast. I hope I get to come back and do another one. Yes, yeah. in three years. <laughs> in three years. <laughs> After our, our next meeting in three years. 2024. No, definitely have need to have you back soon because this Absolutely. is great. I just got to buy you more merch. Which is coming soon. We take bribes. All right. Well, thank you all very much for uh, for podcasting, all four of you. And thank you, listeners, for listening to our episode. Until next time, good night. Bye. 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 Did you know Movie Mumble has its very own Twitter account? Please follow us on Twitter at MovieMumbleNTG and tweet at us with questions, reviews, or recommendations of things you'd like us to watch next. So, Shay, we, we were...
we were uh, brainstorming things to introduce you as. You're our most anticipated guest. <laughs> You're our uh, treasure goblin and our uh, patron saint of merch. All of the above. Um, all of the above are, are excellent. I like all the titles. 